You are now listening to the Think 180 podcast from Inc. 180 Ministries in Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome. Please stand by. What's up, everybody? It's Chris from Inc. 180 Ministry, joined as always by my friend Kyle Craning. Hey, everybody. This is episode 22 of the Think 180 podcast, and uh, we were off for a couple of weeks. We have life issues. A lot, <laughs> so, yeah. Sick kids, busy kids, but it's good to be back. We uh, A lot of stuff has gone down over the last couple of weeks, so we got quite a bit to talk about this morning, but... Uh, of course, that's from the the Black Panther soundtrack. Black Panther, the movie that Kyle's seen twice, and I still haven't seen once. <laughs> uh, and he keeps telling me I need to remedy that, like, today. ASAP, so man. I think tonight, if I get done, I'm going to go and see it before I head home. But uh hope you guys are having a, a great week. Uh, man, so many things. This has been probably one of the craziest, busy weeks of recent memory for me. I mean, I've been traveling a lot, lot to talk about, but... Um, I want to kind of back things up to a couple of weeks ago, but we had yet another school shooting and another school shooting, another situation where the country is divided over things with, with guns and, uh, 17 kids lost their lives or 17 kids and teachers, uh, lost their lives and another shooting with AR 15s. And all we can talk about is should we have these guns? Should we not have these guns? Should we arm our teachers? Um, it just, I don't even know what to say anymore. You know, it's like, it seems, I, I was telling Kyle this morning when, when he was setting everything up, it seems like almost every podcast we end up talking about something related to guns. Yep. Every single, not every single one, but almost but, right? it's like a lot. Yeah. A lot of them, we end up talking about something very, very sad and, and unfortunate. And it always seems to be the same thing. Oh, you know, it's too soon to talk about you know, taking away these guns. It's too soon to talk about the, like, man, when is it going to be the right time? And I think we're, we saw some stuff after this one that was different where a lot of the kids that were survivors from the shooting were meeting with like Marco Rubio. A couple of them were up with the president. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They were not sitting back. They were not sitting back. They were not sitting back. Um, and that was, that was pretty telling, man. I mean, I'm in a weird position on, on all this stuff. Okay. Because, and you know what, you, you might have a different opinion, but, and it's okay to have different opinions, but like, no, it's not. <laughs> we, yeah, unless you, unless you disagree with Kyle, then you're, you're wrong. No, it's, it's interesting to me because, um, you know, if people disagree with people, I've seen this on social media, we've all seen this. Like you're Kyle, you're the only smart one that's trying to stay off of Facebook. Yeah, like, stay away from that garbage. You know, people are like getting into arguments over this whole topic. You know, pro gun people, anti gun people, people in the middle of guns. And I guess I'm one of those people that's like on the middle side of, of the whole gun thing. I'm a gun owner. I'm a concealed carry permit holder. Um I've had death threats and I protect myself and my family. Um I hope I never, ever have to use it for anything more than putting holes in paper or shooting up an old TV on a farm. Right. But 
I've shot an AR-15. I was down in Houston a couple of years ago and was at a range, and I, sh- I had an opportunity to shoot an AR-15 in a range with an instructor who taught me how to use it. And, and man, I'll tell you, I, I put that gun down after I finished firing it and really was just kind of said, I don't think anybody that's not a cop or in the military needs to handle this weapon because it's just too much. Right. Um, a lot of people disagree with that, and that's what, you know, that's what we're seeing in this country, but I guess one of the things that that really bothered me that I did not know is that in the state of Florida, and I don't, I think there are, every state's different, I believe, but in the state of Florida, you can buy an AR-15 at 18 years old, like mm-hmm. this kid did. He bought this gun and other guns legally. You can buy an AR-15 at 18 years old, but you have to be 21 to buy a handgun. I'm like... <laughs> That just doesn't make any sense. No. I think you should have to be 21 to buy any gun. But uh, <laughs> then, of course, then on the other side of that, you get people that are like, oh, really, Snowflake? Because there's 18-year-old Marines in Iraq. And, you know, like, uh, like That's, seriously? You were in the on. military. Uh, first of all, call me Snowflake to my face. You're going to see all the Jesus run out of my body. We're going to have a conversation. <laughs> but... um. Uh, it's it's crazy. So, you know, one day the president says one thing, the next day the NRA goes, oh, no, no, Donnie, remember, we funded you, and you need to say what we say. Remember, we gave you that $20 bill. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, yeah. now, you know, it was, well, I'm going to, I've got a great idea. Let's just arm our teachers. And I went, oh, that's not a great idea. And people were like, no, nope, that's a bad idea. And he said, not, I didn't say that. It was fake news. I never said I was going to arm teachers. And then the, the audio came out of him saying, hey, yeah, we should arm our teachers. Right. And then it went back to, okay, let's arm our teachers. But yeah. they'll be trained and it'll be this and that of all these conditions. Yeah. Now, teachers, don't take this the wrong way because we love you and I couldn't do your job. And I really appreciate what you've done for my children. But I know a lot of teachers. And most of the teachers that I know, first of all, don't want to be armed. And second of all, most of the teachers that I know should not be armed. Mm-hmm. I, I personally, I just think it's a horrible idea to put a gun in the hand of a teacher in a school full of kids. Um, so what happens if you got a kid in the class that's a problem and he finds a way to get into that locked box for the, the gun, right? Yeah. Or, or is the, the teacher carrying on it and they're carrying the weapon and they're overpowered by a student. There's just all kinds, there's right. all kinds of horrible things that could go wrong. And, um, somebody was telling me that there was a story that came out just this week about a teacher in Georgia that was carrying a gun on campus and something went wrong with it. I don't, I haven't checked it out. I'm going to check it out for next week, but, um, yeah, I just personally, you, you might think I'm stupid and wrong, but I just I don't think arming our teachers is a great idea. Personally, what I would love to see is get a bunch of retired military folks, uh, you know, recently retired military, and give them jobs protecting our schools. Mm-hmm. And you know, fine. So that I'll tell you what in, in Illinois, those of you that are listening to us in Illinois, you know this, and probably those of you out of the state of Illinois, we get taxed for breathing air. Uh, it's like one of the highest taxed states in the country. Um, but this is a tax I would pay. Like if you're going to, if you're telling me you're going to bring in three or four retired military folks, or even just one per school, whatever it is, I I don't care what the number is. I don't know. Um, I would gladly pay my tax to make sure that there's an armed trained person in that school to either neutralize something like this or prevent it from happening. Because I'll tell you if if uh, I I believe I do believe that if these people that are doing these shootings knew that there was an armed person at that location or multiple, they would. Yeah, they would think twice about maybe they would. Maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they're so messed up mentally that. Right. They wouldn't do it. And that's a whole nother topic. Yeah, it's a whole nother topic. And I mean, I'm getting tired of the you know, there's on both sides. People on both sides of this fight are they've lost their minds. You know, there's people that are like, oh, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Well, right. If that dude had a knife, he wouldn't have killed 17 people. Right. Like, I'll gladly, or not gladly, but I'd much rather see have someone try and take down, you know, 
hundreds, you know, of people with a knife. Yeah. I like to see that happen Good because luck. that won't happen. No. It's not possible. No, because one person could tackle somebody with a knife. It's pretty mm-hmm. hard to tackle a dude with an AR-15 that's just randomly taking people down. Right. Um, you know, I, it's... And then you got people that are like, well, you know, it's it's solely a mental health... It's not solely a mental health issue. It's not mm-hmm. solely a gun issue. It's a mixture of things. It's a lot of problems. It's a... It's... Man, we were talking about this just the other night. We did a social media safety class last night, and you know, it's it's not just guns. It's not just mental health. It's not just kids getting bullied at school. It's a mixture of all this stuff. This kid had a past. He had a a recorded past of problems. He was thrown out of that school, all kinds of stuff. One of the things that really bothered me more than, well, no, the thing that bothered me most, obviously, is that 17 people lost their lives. But beyond that, one of the things that really upset me was the fact that there were red flags, there were reports on this kid, and they were ignored. And, man, I... I was really, I was really diving into this part of it, right? Because there's been this whole thing with with Trump and this whole Russia thing, and he was trying to say that the FBI director should step down. And when they came out and said that the FBI got um, reports of this kid that he was going to do something like this, and they ignored it, I went like full conspiracy theory guy for a few minutes, I was like, oh, is this just like a government thing where they're trying to get rid of the FBI director by saying the FBI missed the warning signs on this kid? And, oh, definitely, because everyone's going to get up in arms about it not no, or not realizing, yeah, you know, and getting caught up in the moment and being like, oh, well, you know, there's different FBI, there's different units within the FBI. Oh, certainly. There's more than just, you know, 50 people working for FBI, and they're not all working on, you know, say, for example, a Russia investigation and... yeah you know, watching, you know, act, uh, activity online and in schools for yeah. potential, you know, mass shootings or terrorist attacks. Yeah. But then they, they people lump them all together. I, I, it's I mean, easy. I, we've talked numerous times about the friends that we have at the FBI and what we think of the amazing work that they do. And people are giving them garbage online going, oh, man, what's up with you guys? You can't stop a school shooting? Well, you know, how are you going to stop human traffic? I'm like, no, <laughs> just stop. Just stop. But um, obviously they'll they'll make changes there and do whatever they got to do. But I don't usually like to go into political stuff that much. It's it is what it is. The world, the country's already divided enough over this president and the madness going on around him. I think you guys already know my opinion, so I'll just leave that at that. How about that? Madness follows uh, mad. Yeah, I mean, some people invite it. Yo, well, yeah, that's a true statement. A lot of them do that. Speaking of that, midterm elections, I got to go vote later today. Um, and you know what? Speaking of that, my little PSA, go vote. Um, there's no excuse to not vote. There's no excuse not to do your homework and, and choose the best people to represent your viewpoints, whatever those are, whether they agree with mine or not. Just go vote. Um, it's easier now more than ever to <laughs> be able to do your homework on each and every single candidate that there is. Yeah. I mean, there's this thing called the internet and Google internets, the internets, and there's information on these internets. Uh, These candidates have their own websites, whether you want to go directly to their uh, website and read their propaganda or Mm. I, I mean, I'm just using that in a goofy manner. I'm not saying I'm not being this anti-government person, but, um, I mean, it's out there, whether it's direct or indirect, you know, or independent website that collects information and does research on these candidates. It's out there. I mean, there's no excuse to not have the information and take, uh, you know, a little bit to leave and go and do it. And most workplaces allow you to cut out early without any penalty Mm -hmm. to go into a civic you know, action yeah, such as sure. voting. Yeah. And too many people have died to give us that right to vote. So go vote. I don't want to hear about, Oh, they're all corrupt. They're this or that. Go vote. It's fun. Go get your sticker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell you what, you go get, you go vote. You bring your sticker down here. I'll give you 25 bucks off a tattoo. How about that? Go vote people. It's our country. We gotta, we gotta vote for what we want. 
You know, it's a democracy. That's what democracy is. If you don't vote, I don't want to hear any, you know, crying and squawking about what's going on in the country. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's move on to something really positive. Um, so I, <laughs> I was telling Kyle this, this story this morning. I've told so many people about this because it was one of the coolest things that I've ever experienced in conjunction with a church. Um, you guys know if you've been following my work, I've been a Christian for eight, eight and a half years now. And, you know, the first 38 years of my life, I believed in God, but I didn't know him. I didn't go to church um, for a lot of reasons. One of them, you know, fear. I hid behind fear a lot of, th- a lot of my earlier part of my life and um, just different reasons. But since I've been going to church, um, I have visited a lot of churches. I've spoken in hundreds of churches because of this ministry work that he's given me. And I've been to a lot of awesome churches and I talk about them all the time. If there's a great one, I always want to let you guys know about it. Well, I want to do that again today. Um, Alpine chapel up in Lake Zurich. If you are anywhere around Lake Zurich, Illinois, and you're looking for a church, you're considering Jesus, you're considering faith. You're, you're not really sure about it. I want you to go and meet pastor Dave at Alpine chapel in Lake Zurich. I got a phone call from their team probably it's probably a month ago now and uh, they're preparing for a women's conference that they were doing uh, which was actually last friday and saturday and they had they had heard about my ministry on moody radio and uh, shout out to our friends at moody we love moody and uh they heard about me uh, in the ministry a few weeks ago when i was on moody with carl in the morning and uh, they called me up and said, hey, we're doing this women's conference. We, we know your schedule is probably really crazy. Instead of having you come up and speak on a Friday at this women's conference, can we come down to your office and film an interview with you? I said, yeah, that's awesome. Let's do it. And uh, so they set it up. They came down uh, about a week later and filmed this, this interview and me just kind of talking about the ministry and what God's done in my life. And I didn't get a chance to see the video before they showed it at the women's conference, but they called me Friday afternoon and said, Hey, we showed the the video today and the response was overwhelming. People loved it. I was like, Oh, that's great. You know, it's always, we all want to be liked. Right. (laughs) And, uh, they said it went over huge and they took an offering for Inc. 180. I was like, oh, that man, that's really cool. I really appreciate that. And, you know, of course, any help that we can get, we always appreciate that. And they said, I'm sure you're busy. I'm sure you have something going on this weekend. But if you don't, man, we, we're going to show this video to our whole church because it went over so well. Is there any way you could come up and um, we'll show the video and just ask you a couple questions and pray for you and, and take an offering? I looked at my schedule. I was I was unbelievably shocked that I didn't have anything else in the book for last Sunday. So it worked. And I said, yeah, I'll be there. And my son, Tyler and I went up there and met pastor Dave and his wife before the service and met a bunch of their team. And, um, I still hadn't seen the video and they were going to show it. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. I'll just see it when they, when they show it. So the pastor and I are talking before church and he's like, yeah, man, I got a message I've been working on all week. I'm really excited about this one because I incorporated some stuff about your ministry into it and just redemption and change. And it's like, oh, that sounds great. I'm excited to hear it. And so anyway, we go in church starts their worship team. Shout out to Alex and the worship team. They're unbelievable, man. They're like one of the best worship teams I think I've heard so far. And they're just great. And, uh, then they showed the video. And I was blown away by the quality of this video, the way they did it, the way they edited it. And, uh, they made me sound really good. <laughs> they made me sound really smart, but, uh, no, it was just a fantastic video. And that's a challenge by the way. Seriously. From the producing. I'm just kidding. Dude, it's, <laughs> it's hard, <not. laughs> man. It, it's so funny. Cause I used to complain about like all my, my media stuff was done when I was like 80 pounds heavier. So I looked like Job of the Hut, and now now I look like Job of the Hut lost eighty pounds. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so the the video is awesome, right? I'm like moved by it, and and really just I was pleased with how they produced it. Really job well done, 
And then they asked me to come up and uh, a woman interviewed me and just asked me a couple questions and, you know, how they could be praying for the ministry and, and how they could partner with the ministry. And then she, she prayed for us and uh, the worship team played uh, their final song or what I thought was their final song. And then the pastor comes up and he says, uh, and we'll post the link to this whole message in the, the notes for this episode too, if you guys want to check it out. But, uh, the pastor comes up and he's like affected by it. He's, he's got tears flowing and he said, you know, I, I worked all week on, uh, on my message and I was, I'm really excited about today. And, um, I worked in a couple of things and to it about ink 180 and, and he's talking to me. He's like, Chris, you know, thank you so much for coming and thank you for, for listening to God and doing what he asked you to do in your life. And, and, uh, he said, you know, I, I put this message together, but I'm not going to do it. I've never heard a pastor say I've worked on this, this message preparing all week for this message, but you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to do it. I never heard of that. Never, never heard of it. Right. And, uh, <laughs> it's like Sunday morning sermon suicide. I mean, it's yeah. like, dude, well, most pastors are so like prepared, like mm-hmm. sometimes almost overly prepared. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you mess up their rhythm on stuff, it can set them off and mess things up, you know? So I don't know if that's what happened or, or, or what, but he, yeah, he's like, yeah, we're, I'm not going to do this message. He's like, God has something different in mind for today. And I'm like looking at Tyler, like what happened? Like, what did I do? And, uh, so anyway, pastor Dave's talking and basically kind of the long and short of it was he was saying, you know, Chris, you know, your ministry, a lot of people will see it and think of it as a physical act he said but there's a lot of spiritual ramifications that take place and you know you're talking about people's lives cha- lives changing and watching god fix them from the inside out while you're working on removing and covering these tattoos and um he said it but he's like what you said today is something that our church has needed to hear for a long time and he's like he now he's crying right and he's like we've been praying for something like this to happen and it if it finally happened. So basically he goes, so basically what we're going to have today is I think we need to let go of our old stuff. He said, so many of us come to church on Sunday and we love it and it's a great experience. And then we walk out of the church to go home and we take all of our old life back. I was like, Whoa, man, that's, that's right on. That's right on. And uh, cause I know I've done that plenty of times. And he said, there's people in this room right now that are hurting. There's people that have been hurt by the church. There's people that have been hurt by systems. And there's people that are dealing with addictions that we don't even know about and situations we don't know about because we hide it and we hold it in. And he's like, basically, I'm going to invite you just to come up front so we can pray for you and have you be released from all that. So you can, when you walk out of the door today, you can walk out as a new creation that God intended. Cause I was, that's what I was talking about, you know, being a new creation and taking away the signs of the old life. And, and I was like, Oh man, like he just <laughs> seriously dropped this hammer on the church. Right. Cause he told the worship team, he's like, Hey guys, just stay up here. Don't, don't go off stage. So he says, I'm going to invite the band to just play. Whatever you guys want to play, just play it. And he says, I'm going to invite those of you that would like people to pray for you, come up to the front. Mm-hmm. I'm, man, I'm not even exaggerating. Like a third of the church stood up and walked to the front of the, the stage. Tyler and I were Unreal. sitting in the front row and like moving over so people could come up and be prayed for. And then we're praying for people right there in the front. The pastor's praying for people. He says, you know, if, if you want to come up and pray with people, show them that they're not alone, come forward. The whole church was in the front of the church, man. And it was the most crazy, powerful, awesome thing I've ever experienced in a church. No kidding. And so they played the worship team played like four or five songs while we all prayed. And it was It was just, there's tears all over, man. They're probably going to have to replace the carpet in the front of the church. (laughs) But it was just, it was a rad experience. And then at the end of it, Pastor Dave just has a very quick five-minute talk that he does. And then he invited one of the guys from the church up there that's been there from the beginning. 
and he kind of talked about his experience with what just happened and what he felt as a result of it. And this guy's just sobbing his eyes out. And then he asked me, pastor asked me to come up and close everything out in prayer. And I'm like, Whoa, no pressure at all. <laughs> nope, dude. not at all. And, uh, Whew. I was like, yeah, heck yeah, I will. And I, I went up there and, and it flowed out of me like water. It was awesome. Um, just the whole experience was awesome. And, I told him after and everyone that I, I stayed in, they had two services and I stayed and um, talked to people after and like people were like shooken up in, in a, the best way, you know, the best way. I got so many emails and messages and phone calls from people that were there and they're like, man, this is the coolest thing ever. Thank you so much. So fast forward. So I, Lisa wasn't with me. Lisa and the girls were at our church you know, working in the, the kids ministry and stuff. So they weren't able to go with us. So I showed them the video online and they were like, that's crazy. And, uh, so I, I sent a, a message to pastor Dave, just kind of thanking him for everything that he did and telling, I told him, I said, I've never seen a pastor do what you did. Just kudos for all that. And it was a major breakthrough for your church. And we were kind of going back and forth and, it was is uh, a compliment train, but it was genuine as heck, man, because I've I was really moved by that whole thing. And he's like, Yeah, you know, we uh we took up an offering for you and they're still doing it. It's like we're gonna I said, you know, would it be possible for me to come up there next Sunday? Because I just want to thank everybody for just the outpouring of support afterwards and the the messages and everything. I said, would it be possible? I just need a couple minutes. I'll just come up, thank everybody, and I'll stay for the both services and just talk to people after. And he's like, man, he's like, don't feel like you have to. He's like, but if you want to, we would love to have you. So I was like, you know what? We're going. And me and the girls, Tyler's down Springfield for a band competition tonight, but I'll take the girls with me tomorrow. And uh, so I'm, I was thinking all week. I met a young man named Daniel. And he had some, some old life tattoos on like the web of his hands between his thumb and his forefinger. And he came up to me before the first service last Sunday and asked me if I could remove it. And I was like, of course, you know, here's my card. Give me a call. We'll set you up. And, and I had this, this thought hit me. Was it thir- I think it was Thursday when I was flying home from New York. Um, I was like, I don't know what the pastor is doing his message on this Sunday, but it would be so cool if it fit to do that the removals for Daniel on stage while Dave's doing his, his sermon, if it fits, right. you know, I've done it a couple of times and it's pretty moving. Right. And uh, I just wanted to do something just to thank the people at Alpine chapel just for all that love. Right. So I texted him. I said, I don't know if this works into your message or not. If it doesn't, no problem at all. I said, but I said, this, this young man, Daniel came up to me and asked about tattoo removal and he was really excited to get it started. So I said, we could do this one of a few ways. So I told him the first option, what I just said about doing it on stage. I said, only if it works into the message and only if you're comfortable with it. I don't want to take away from the message and all that, but I think it would be a cool add on. I said, or, you know, maybe I could just bring my stuff and we'll do it in an office. That way his first session is done and he doesn't have to drive all the way down here for all of his sessions from, from Lake Zurich. I said, or we can just make an appointment and he comes to the shop. Either of those, any of those three options totally cool with me i said i haven't said a thing to him yet i want to talk to you first he responds to me he goes let me think about it It sounds awesome he responds back like 10 minutes later he's like yep let's do it it fits in <laughs> he's like it fits in perfect to the message and i'm like all right i just want to make sure like i don't want you to feel like you have to i just want to offer it because i think it's a cool sermon illustration right no he's like it's perfect for what i'm talking about and it's a continuation of basically last week what happened his message is all about that so i sent a message to daniel and i said hey i just uh, i wanted to let you know i'm coming up back up to alpine on sunday just to thank everybody and um i talked to the pastor and if you want and i said only if you want don't feel like you have to do this either you know i want him to feel pressured I said, I could remove, I could do the first session of your removals on stage while pastor does his sermon. And he's like, that's awesome. I said, don't feel like you have to. I could also get a room there after or in between services and do it for you. So we'll do it either way. He's like, no, let's do it. Let's totally do it on stage. I'm like, sweet. And he goes, you know what the coolest thing about that is? 
He said, it's my birthday on Sunday. Awesome. <laughs> I was like, that's so cool, man. So, yeah, so tomorrow I'm going up there with the girls, um, setting up a table on the side of the stage and going to do those tattoo removals for, for Daniel for his birthday on the stage at Alpine Chapel. So excited about that. I'm, I'm like, I know for a fact I'll be doing a lot more stuff with those guys as time goes on, but very excited about what transpired and just wanted to share it with people. And again, we'll post that link on the, the show notes for this episode. So check that out. Um, had an idea a couple weeks ago. Every once in a while, I have a good idea hit me, you know, but, uh, I think it was like the middle of the night and we've been looking at um, getting a new ink set for the cover-up stuff for the ministry. So it's a separate set from my regular stuff and, but they're expensive. They're not, they're not cheap. And there's a company called solid ink out of Miami um, that manufactures just amazing ink. It's a little thicker than normal. Um, most tattoo ink is a little more opaque. So it makes um, doing cover-ups more of a, a little bit more of a challenge. So I'd heard a lot of great things about solid ink. My friend Rupert Carrillo from Union Machine out in LA who builds my machines recommended them to me. So I checked it out and I was like, oh, sweet, 1200 bucks. I got a full set of 60 colors for cover ups. Then I was thinking about it. I was like, well, 1200 bucks. I don't have it right now. You know, it's tight right now. So as usual, um, I was like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? I said, well, there's 60 bottles. So if I break out 1200 bucks divided by 60 bottles, that's 20 bucks a bottle. And I said, people will donate 20 bucks. But then I thought about it. I was like, no, this would be really cool. I said, so I put it out there. I said, if you donate 20 bucks, you're sponsoring a bottle of ink that we use for cover-ups. And I'll take my label maker and I'll put a label on it with your name. I'm going to put your name on a bottle of ink. And, um, that way when I'm, I pull out all those bottles of ink, people will see that it was sponsored and they'll ask me, they always ask me about the the stuff we use anyway, uh-huh. but they'll see those names. They'll be like, why are those, what are those names on the bottles? I'm like, these are all the people that sponsored this ink for you to get your cat, your tattoo covered up. And, uh, I was like, yeah, people are going to be into this. And people were. People, um, within a week, we had it covered, 1200 bucks. Awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. And um, we ordered it, and it's on its way. Um, slow boat from Miami, so it's, it's scheduled to get here on Wednesday. I got my labels already printed out and excited to go for it. But uh, really looking forward to breaking that out. And then in addition to that, all, all the people that donate you know, online to us or they donate monthly or one time, whatever, we're going to be sending out, and the people that sponsored Inc., we're going to be sending out like a monthly newsletter. So let's give an update on where we're at with the ministry. And then also a, a profile of a before and after of a picture that a uh, tattoo that we covered that month using their ink. And awesome. Yeah, it'll be cool. It's still another way to, to get people closer to the ministry. So geez, now I wish I was paying more attention to Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there'll be more opportunities. Oh, I think, dang it. you know, I mean, when you, we have a lot of people that have been really, really generous to us over the years and, um, really just bless the ministry and that's the only way we keep it going. But um, I feel like when we do stuff like this, where we make it personal to people and we quantify it and, mm-hmm. and sh- you know, we love showing people like, this is what you're helping um, and sharing what we're able to do. It makes a difference. So oh, just, definitely. just another way to do that. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, new ink is on the way. I'm excited about that. Going to crank that up. Because uh, I've already got I've already got a lot of cover ups scheduled. I've got uh, a lot of sex trafficking cover ups coming in the next couple weeks. So we'll be talking more about that. Um, this past so I did the thing at Alpine Chapel on Sunday. On Tuesday night, I spoke at Aurora University again. I speak at Aurora University quite a bit. It's right down the street. Great people, great school, um, and they have a huge interest in educating people about human trafficking. So. Um, they have an organization called Aurora University Against Human Trafficking, and they sponsored an event at Creamy Auditorium in the Institute of Collaboration building on Tuesday night. And they asked me if I would uh, come in and put this event on. And I invented, or I invented, I didn't invent anything. I'm not that smart. I invited my friend, Dr. Cassandra Ma from Reclaim 13 to come and join me that night. And Basically, we, we both talked about the work that we do to fight sex trafficking and 
the work that we do in aftercare, the work that we do in education um, to, to fight this ridiculous thing called sex trafficking. And she was fantastic. We had a great event. We had a great turnout. It was during midterms, so I wasn't really sure what the, the turnout would be. We had a ton of people there. Um, people brought in supply donations. So I had like the back of my van was packed full of paper towels and razors and stuff like that, which I'm just, I'm always so thankful to get any help like that. Um, and we did a Q and a afterwards. So we did like an almost an hour Q and a, and then I told people that it was one of those deals where it was like, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. So they needed to close up the auditorium. So I asked them if we could talk in the lobby and we had a bunch of people that hung out for like 40 more minutes and talked in the lobby. So it was great. It was cool, man. Um, so that was Tuesday night. Um, Wednesday morning, I woke up at two 30 in the morning to drive myself to beautiful Midway airport on the South side of Chicago and fly to New York city. Now, if you're in New York city, like I know Benny Miggs, you're listening. What's up, brother? Um, I, so I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm not the biggest fan of New York. I've only before that, before this week, I've only been in New York for like four hours. And, uh, but anyway, I, I flew to New York. I, I was invited by, uh, Lynette Natrore who works at Fordham university. And I've, I'd heard of Fordham university, yeah. and, you know, it was kind of a, a fancy school and all that. And I'm they, right she reached out to me to see if I would come and speak there. She used to be at Aurora university and then she got a job out at Fordham and NYC. And, uh, she's talking to me about it and she does a lot of work to educate kids about social issues and asked if I would come out there. And I was excited. Uh, you know, I love going like Aurora university. I love going. If they called me today and said, Hey, can you come on Wednesday? I'd be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always fun too to go to new places and explore, especially new cities that you haven't really been in before. Right. Um, the only other time I was in New York City was about a year after 9-11, and I went to see Ground Zero, and I was doing some stuff in New Jersey, which don't get me started about New Jersey. <laughs> but uh, So I flew in on Wednesday. I landed at about 9, got to, the, got to the campus. Lynette showed me around, got me all settled in, and then uh, I went, went around and explored. Me, growing up in L.A., being a, a fan of graffiti and murals and stuff, I had to, I mean, you're in New York, you got to go look at graffiti. So found some pretty amazing work and walked around Little Italy, um, Fordham University, if you don't know, it's in the middle of the Bronx, <laughs> which is like, okay. Right. Uh, it's interesting, man. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very um, busy part of the world. It was interesting to just walk around, kind of soak it all in, but I had a good time. And again, for them, it was midterms too. So I was, when I got there, I heard, I found that out and I was like, oh man, how many people are we going to get? You know, because I, I, I didn't care for me. Like I'll speak if I don't care if it's one person or 10,000, I'm going to speak, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm, I was more concerned for Lynette cause I know how much work she put into all this and promoting it and getting the space and getting me flown out there and, and all that stuff. So I had uh, that concern for her, but it was, it was hilarious. The event started at six o'clock and at like five fifty-five, there was two of us in the room and then everybody just like packed in. So we had a really nice. good crowd. It was also funny because when I was talking to Lynette, she said, okay, here's your demographic for tonight. She said, it's a bunch of very rich white kids. <laughs> I was like, awesome. Okay. Those- I got it. Right. Yeah. I said, I, I'm going to, I'm going to make them think a little bit tonight and she said oh I know you will because I've heard you speak before and it was awesome man we had you know I spoke for about an hour and 15 and then we did Q&A for about 45 and um, went around walked around the school and, and talked to people and hung out with her she was a huge help and a great host and I went got to go have New York pizza afterwards so all right it was good all right now since I brought that up I'm a Chicago pizza guy, right? I love, I love Giordano's. I love Lou Malnati's. I love all of it, right? New York style pizza is thinner. Super I thin. Like, I don't, I don't do like floppy thin pizza, right? And that's what I thought it was gonna be. We went to a place um, called, oh, what was it? Pugsley's in Little Italy, in the Bronx, right? And it was this really cool little place, and. I ordered like a slice and 
some and a drink and some garlic knots or whatever. Dude, it was one of my favorite pizzas I've ever had in my life. Oh it was, yeah, it was so good. It was it had like a little crunch to the bottom of the crust. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all floppy. Yeah, like I thought it was gonna be. It was it was great, but uh, I paid for it in the gym the next day. I like all types of pizza, man. I ain't gonna complain. Pizza is good, even when it's bad. Dude, even Little Caesars, I'm good with. You know, I mean, if, in a pinch, like right. if I was stuck on a desert island and I was gonna die, I'd, I'd down a Little Caesars, but. Oh, you know, I take it back. Not all pizza is good. Not all pizza is created <laughs> equally because a little oh, Caesar's no, borderline, equally. but little Caesar's is still better than probably eighty percent of what you can find in Florida, yeah. or surprisingly in Wisconsin. You think Wisconsin? Seriously? I've had I've been to probably a handful of different pizza places. Oh, a couple of handfuls of different yeah. pizza places in Wisconsin, and I'd say maybe only one or two of them was was good. Yeah, but yeah, it's. But Florida, especially, man, holy cow, man! I don't know what it is. They cannot get pizza right it's down the, there. It's probably the humidity, right? Well, yeah. it might. That's I what mean, you think about it. Yeah, they, they they do a lot of other stuff real right in Florida, though, like Cuban food. Yeah, yeah, Cuban food in Florida, seafood most of the time. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that there. But yeah, it was good, man. I had and it was it's crazy because it was another another very quick trip. I was in New York City for like. I 26 hours total, you know, um, but it was fun. And I got to see that horrible place that they call Yankee stadium. <laughs> it was actually really impressive, but yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, I knew it would be, but as a Red Sox fan, I was like, Ugh. yeah, every time I saw a Yankee hat, I wanted to throw <laughs> up in my mouth a little bit, but, uh, it's, yeah, it is what it is. Yankees and Red Sox actually play today. Spring training ball. I'm going to watch that. Um, Last night we had, I was really excited. My friends at uh, Three Squared Self-Defense, Scott and Tammy and, and Tal and Gilbert, they teach self-defense at my church. They teach Krav Maga, which is an Israeli-style special self-defense that their special forces developed and trained with, and it's pretty awesome. Scott and I joke, uh, and it, it's, it is purely joking all the time because a lot of their their self-defense stuff that they teach is about how to like uh, take weapons from people and take guns away and knives mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I'm like, bro, you couldn't get my gun away from me. It's <laughs> like, I could get that gun away from you. I'm like, you're not going to get close enough. It, it's, it's, it's all in fun. Believe me. But, uh, so Scott reached out to me a couple months ago and he was like, you know, you do the social media safety class. We do these self-defense classes all the time. Why don't we do one together on like a Friday night and bring a bunch of people into the church and, um, just have a, have a good event for the community. I said, set it up. Let's do it. And it was last night and they've been promoting it like crazy. I've been promoting it like crazy. And we've kind of had this the last five or six months, I guess, Mackenzie and I teaching the social media safety class where we'll get like one or two, you know, father and son, mother and daughter, whatever um, to come in, which cool. You know, as long as we're teaching somebody, it's worthwhile. Um, but it's been, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because of the winter, but whatever. Um, so it's been slower than usual, uh, or lower attendance as usual. And we set up this event, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a really good one. And we promoted it like crazy. And we got there, started at 6.30 last night. We're there, and we're like 6.25. There's, it's just us. We're just like staring at each other. There's crickets chirping. And, and then a car pulls up, and it's a mother and a daughter, 14-year-old girl and her mom and they know Scott and Tammy like they take uh self-defense with them and so they came in and sat down I was like all right cool so we have somebody you know and uh we're like well we're gonna wait just a few minutes and see if anybody else shows up it's Friday night there's some traffic whatever so we waited and nobody else showed up and I was like you know at first I was kind of like man like we both promoted this like crazy it's free like does everybody know about this stuff? And like, <laughs> everybody's good. Cause if that's the case, we'll just move on to the next thing. You know, I was a, not bummed, but I was a little bit, I was a little bit bummed, you yeah. know, I, I thought we would have a, a bigger turnout for that, especially for their self-defense stuff. Right. So, you know, Scott was like, well, what do we do? You know, should we reschedule this? And we're you know, thinking about that. And he's like, no, I don't want to reschedule. And I was like, no, I definitely don't want to reschedule it. I'm like, you know what? We're here. They're here. Let's do this thing, right? So 
they um, they're they're good on they were good on the self defense stuff already. So like let's do the social media stuff. And you know I could have usually when we do the social media class it's an hour long, and then we do questions after that. And I could have very easily been like, yeah, you know, I'm going to mail this one in. We'll give them the high-level stuff. We'll do 30 minutes. Everybody goes home. It's a Friday night. It's all good. But, man, I got to tell you, I wanted to share this because, you know, not to say, oh, it, it stinks that we only had two people show up. I'm so happy that those two people showed up because we had like a two-and-a-half-hour conversation about social media safety, human trafficking what it's like to be a teenager right now, what it's like to be a parent of a teenager right now. And they, you know, that mother and daughter, they were great. They didn't have any like major, major problems in their relationship, but you could tell there was some stuff that we were talking very openly through the night because it was just, you know, the very small group of us that, you know, the daughter was like, well, you know, she's always like, so she's so extra. As my kids say that to me all the time, like, dad, you're so extra. Like that means like over the top. Right. Um, or like, you're always on me about stuff. And so I was talking to the daughter. I mean, I was talking to a whole group, but I was, you know, directing it towards the daughter. And I was like, you know, I understand what you're saying because my kids tell me that all the time. And I said, but I want to give you a different point of view because I'm not your mom and I'm not your dad. Um, I said, but, you're a teenager in the world's worst time to be a teenager. And when we were teenagers, way back, <laughs> it, the world wasn't like it is now. Was the world messed up? You bet. You bet. Um, but it wasn't like this. And so I'm explaining that to her in a way that she probably hadn't heard it and from a different person than she's heard it from before, right? And then I was then something came up and the mom said something about how her daughter like overreacts and stomps away and, you know, or, or seems like she's hiding stuff. And so I gave the mom a different perspective on that because I have these open conversations with our kids and I'm like, this is what my kids tell me they're seeing. And I think it opened her eyes to her daughter in a different way. And it was really cool because Scott sent me a message um, after we had gone home and for the night and he's like, man, I'm really sorry. We didn't have more people. I'm like, no, I was really stoked that we had those two people. And I told him basically what I just kind of recounted. And like, at first I was bummed out, but then I was like, no, we're going to like, we're going to do this and it's going to be good. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> he said, I really think you helped break down some stuff between that mom and daughter. And I felt that way. I, f I felt like we all did. We were all participants. Scott and Tammy and Talon were equal parts of this conversation. It wasn't just me, but um, I thought that we really helped them kind of like it was it was crazy. It was like the two of them were in a family counseling thing <laughs> and we were like counselors, which is scary that we're counselors. But no, I think it was cool. I mean, Scott, Scott and Tammy and Talon, I mean, they've got their stories and Man, Scott lost his daughter in a home invasion when she was very young. She was murdered and just a horrible, horrible story. Um, and, you know, that's one of the reasons they do these self-defense classes. So, no, it was just really cool to to spend time with these people I hadn't met. And and uh, it was funny because at the end of it, she's like, thank you, you know, for what you do. She's like, I've been following your work for a few years and it's really awesome. And I'm like, oh, thanks. You know, it was, it was, but it was nice because we didn't talk about, sit there and talk about Inc. 180. We were talking about what it's like to be a parent right now, what it's like to be a kid right now, and the, the divide in those two groups, you know, and mending that and like making that uh, communication flow. So it was just, it was awesome. It was a great night. It was kind of a great capper to a great week, which isn't even over because I'm doing some cover ups today and, it's a beautiful Saturday. It's not going to snow. It's going to be almost 50 degrees. and it's Spring is coming, man. I'm going to have baseball on the TV today and mm -hmm. at least hear the crack of the bat and almost be able to smell grass. Warm weather's coming, man. It is. Although, you hit freaking furnace in here. For those listening, I'm sitting here yeah. sweating right it's, now. It's cooking. Yeah, Woo. we got to turn it down a little bit. Well, our, <laughs> so our heaters, are, for those of you who don't know, we have our shop here and then next door um, adjoined to our shop. We have the garage where I keep the mobile unit and our heater is down next door. 
it's broken. Uh, so I have to keep the little walkthrough door open and overheat this shop space so the heat flows over there so we don't have frozen pipes. So yikes. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cut that off here. I think we're gonna crack the window a little bit too and get some fresh air rolling through this building. But uh just a couple quick announcements before we wrap things up. Uh, my Vegas trip that was supposed to be a couple weeks ago, unfortunately, had to be rescheduled, but it's going to be coming up in June. So as that gets closer, I'll let you know the dates. And actually, it seems like it's going to be a better opportunity for us to to reach a lot of people because we're going to do the event on a Saturday as opposed to a Thursday. So that's going to be at Central Church in Vegas, but I'll give you the dates and all that good stuff. It's the week before my birthday, too. So, you know, we'll probably have cake, so that'll be fun. It's always We, we always look for reasons to have a cake, but... Um, and if you're in Nashville, hit me up. I'm going to be down in Nashville for spring break with my son, Tyler, looking at Belmont College. He's uh, he's looking to do music down there. So we're going to go down there, spend some time with our friend Brian Welch from Corn, and hang out and go check out Belmont and decompress for a couple of days. So if you're in the Nashville area, I know uh, my friend Pastor Sam Barnhart and I have been talking about getting together and get some barbecue down there. But we, uh, we're going to come down. I'm going to bring my own music because I'm not really a country fan. But... <laughs> looking forward to getting down to nashville and seeing some friends so hit us up that's all we got for today we're gonna close things out and go have a great week go be a blessing to somebody see you for episode 23 lord works in mysterious ways yeah Had some trouble with authority, but that's the way that growing up's supposed to be. You can't make it grow. You gotta believe that you are your own secret weapon. It's all. Set you free. Don't lay down and lie shit down the fallacies.